This episode is brought to you by Quirky HR Coaching. If you've been working in human resources and are feeling burnt out and have always wanted to start your own consulting company, then this coaching program is for you. With Quirky HR Coaching, we'll meet one-on-one over a series of sessions to craft your consulting company exactly how you would like it. And we'll cover all of the important details, contracting, pricing, how to engage in customers, how to deliver your services, who you want to meet with, how to fire a customer, all of the things that come up when you own your own business. So if you're interested in signing up for Quirky HR Coaching, head on over to Boss Consulting HR and click on the Quirky HR tab and sign up for a one-on-one so we can chat more and find out if Quirky HR Coaching is meant for you. Hey there, welcome back to Quirky HR. Today I am joined by Liz Tracy. She is the founder of Liz Tracy Coaching. I'm really excited about this conversation because we're going to talk about coaching as a whole, but she went from HR into coaching. And I think that's an important conversation to have. So Liz, welcome to Quirky HR. Thank you very much, Dana. I am thrilled to be here today. Very excited to have you here. And I um if you've listened to the episode about HR professionals networking, Liz and I met through networking. So whether you're new in HR, senior in HR, or in a coaching business, in a consulting business, networking is important for career growth. So Absolutely. It's super important. <laughs> so you started in HR and then now you own Liz Tracy Coaching. So tell us first how you got started in the HR sphere and then how you transitioned out and started your own coaching business. Absolutely. Happy to. So um, I started, gosh, in HR uh, quite a few years ago, 30-ish plus years ago, <laughs> Uh and my very first job out of college was in a um, in customer service contact center. I was a mutual fund transfer agency at the Connecticut Bank and Trust uh, in East Hartford a long time ago. So it was basic customer service, correspondence written, contact center. I ended up managing a team of call center representatives. And in that process, I found myself drawn to the training side of things. So the documentation, like the process, how are we doing this? Sort of that, sort of that seeing the opportunity, Dana, to really kind of like outline what's going on. And that really led me to training. And so I have been back and forth between training and HR or doing the HR side of training for most of my career. And I ended up uh, going over to the travelers and was in the corporate education department um, and that was me taking my interest in that area. And I was there for a couple of years. And then I ended up as an in an HR generalist role at the Travelers for a few years. And so then it was back and forth, instructional design and um, change management, um, new hire onboarding programs, uh, you know, ma- management and leadership development programs. So I sort of, once you start to find yourself in sort of that org design change management support, you're integrated with the HR function and working very closely with HR business partners to execute on whatever goals they have. So I started doing a job, being a person, you know, trying to build up, you know, work on business, 
issues and getting the work done and found that it was a place that really appealed to my strengths and my interests and then just found a way to contribute. And so you worked in human resources for 30 years, you said, and Mm -hmm. I often see on the Evil HR Lady Facebook group, people who have worked in HR feeling burned out and not sure that they want to do HR going forward, but feel pigeonholed Mm. in their skill set or in their experience and not quite sure how to take that next step into a different career space or into a self-employment space. And you did that. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how that came to be. Well, I'd like to spend a moment talking about, you know, why coaching, because I think that was really the impetus for me sort of going off on my own and setting it up. And I can tell you a little bit about how that all happened, too. But um, why coaching for me is as somebody who spent um, so many years being part of skill building, right, and being, you know, thousands of people went through various new hire programs and leadership development programs. And I touched a lot of them through those many, many years. I just knew, I just observed and saw that first of all, like life is the best classroom. Like our, our experiences that we do every day, failing, stumbling, falling down, getting back up. That's the work that is the best classroom for people. And I wanted to work more. And I also learned and knew that people do their best work when they're supported one-on-one and they're super motivated. So that's the that's the sort of perfect storm environment for coaching. Somebody who's really motivated and who really uh, wants to work one on one on a plan that they design of their choosing, and they start to get support. So I knew I wanted to go in coaching because I had been part of so many big programs, and I wanted to work one on one with folks. Um, and I just saw that I had having the skill building background, I had a lot that I could offer in terms of empathy and having watched a lot of people and having made a ton of mistakes myself, right? So that's how I got interested in coaching. I was like, that's my next chapter in this learning and development skill building sphere that I'm in. But um, how did I actually execute? Two years ago, I had the privilege of being offered an early retirement package (laughs) from my long-term employer. And I took advantage of it and it gave me the runway to get certified, get trained and get set up and running. And if not everybody has that, there's still hope to transition. Truly is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I I think it's important to think about what skill sets do you have and did you build within your career and like what who else can use that? So 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 it doesn't so I had that unique opportunity, but I also had coaching along the way in all seriousness, Dana, to help me think that through and what's the right place in space. You know, 30 years um I spent in the environment. So I had a network and I used networking to kind of figure it out. I used coaching to figure it out. And I'm also an executive consultant and coach. So I have, what I have is I'm doing part of the work that I used to do to create a space where I can create the coaching practice. And and it's, I'm using multiple things and I'm also looking at it as a business and with a business plan. And I'm going to kind of take some steps to execute and get where I want to go. And that's something that all of us can do. You don't need to, you know, you can, you may build, start your coaching practice and start your side hustle while you're full-time and set yourself up with sequential steps to get yourself where you want to go. You know, that's what I did. I started writing handbooks at my kitchen table like eight years ago, and that client is still a client and you just never know. 
so that's a perfect example of it. So, you know, I would say it's less about it. So it's the business plan. It's thinking through what do I need? How can I do it? How do I use my network? How do I make all that happen? Um, believing in yourself and, you know, figuring out like, what does a person really need to do the thing that I want to do? For me, I knew I needed to get a certification. So I went and did that um, because the marketplace requires it today. Um, 10 years ago, maybe I wouldn't have needed that, but today I did. And I knew that because of the conversation, the networking conversations Mm -hmm. I had. And so in your coaching business, you help leaders find their footing, right? And I think there's been a lot of change, especially over the last couple of years with the pandemic and the shifting of the work environment. And so tell me a little bit about um, how HR can identify that maybe a leader needs extra support or a coaching program or yeah. a mentor program? That's a great question. Um, and the way I usually say it is like, I help professionals who are stuck. And these are people who are so busy with their life and professional commitments that they haven't made their next steps a priority. Um, They're so busy being heads down doing the work. And it could be maybe their next step should be switching careers or getting to the next level, but they're stuck. And they're stuck because they're busy doing the work, family commitments, life commitments, 50-hour weeks plus, et cetera. You know how that goes. What I say to... um, to the HR people, as well as the clients that I'm working with is if, this is the way I usually describe it. If you've gone from zero to hero last year, like you used to be doing a really good job. I'm sorry. If you've gone from hero to zero last year, if you were doing a great job and now you're not getting the same reaction, you're not getting the same feedback. That's a sign that it's time for coaching. You used to be super great and now you're not getting the same results. Another time and place for that is have you, have you had two to three bosses and you're not really sure where you stand anymore with all the org changes that go on. Sometimes people rotate through bosses. There's a lot of different faces and they used to be doing great when they were working with so-and-so and now they're working with somebody new and they're not getting the same reaction. They're not getting the same feedback. It's time to start working with a coach and start to unpack what's happening there. It doesn't mean that they can't have conversations with their bosses, but they may feel that they're boss doesn't know them anymore or they, they've lost perspective or they need a, a different perspective and they want to really analyze the, the feedback that they're getting, the assessments that they're getting and start going a little bit deeper. So I usually say, hey, if you've gone from hero to zero last year, it's time to look at it because, you know, all sorts of stuff can start happening at that point. One of my favorite responses when somebody, a leader comes to me and says, oh, I'm having an issue with this employee is I will say, is it a performance issue or is it a training issue? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I think that's an important takeaway from this conversation is that leaders sometimes look at things as it's it's simply a performance issue and don't take the approach of, is it a training issue? Is it a coaching issue? Is it is it someone who needs additional support? So I would build on what you described and what think back to the performance consulting conversations I had, you know, in that HR space and say, is it, is it a skill, a will, or a hill? Is it a skill because they really don't know how to do it? Is it a will that they really don't want to, or is it a hill? Meaning, is it something literally in the way? Are they being disincented to do the behavior that you're trying to have them do? Um, is the system set up to literally get become an obstacle? And you know, in performance consulting space, I can't tell you how many times it's, they say they need training, 
But what they really need is a little process redesign so that the, it's easier to execute on doing the thing. We're not disincenting them from doing it. And so you get in there and you start to figure it out. Um, but I, but I think you're asking spot on the right question. Like, you know, is it a, is it a training or a coaching issue? Right. Do they know what they're supposed to be doing? Has somebody told them? Exactly. Like, can you, are you holding them accountable for the, or have they been told of the thing that you're going to be holding them accountable for? I love that quote though. Is it a skill? Is it a will? Or is it a hill issue? Yeah. Right. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And usually it pauses people and you start to break it down. And what was originally a training thing, not all the time, but most of the time, it's not that they don't know how to do it. It's that. So you don't have to train them again. You have to message Mm. it to your point. Make it crystal clear. This is the performance expectation. Or take that disincentive out of the middle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's, Mm -hmm. you know, they're they're getting mixed messages. They're being told one thing by one person, something else by somebody else. Or the customer is asking for this and we're asking for that. So we have to unpack that. But um, yeah. (laughs) So in the scope of my own career, I have seen... Um, coaching often be used uh, in in response to negative performance, right? Someone maybe is having a hard time leading their team. So let's get them a coach. And I think that the workforce has really shifted. And and I say this time and time again, that people are really seeking out more development opportunities. They want growth. They want to see an investment in them by the company. And that's one way to build an engagement and engage culture. And so how do you recommend HR professionals kind of shift shift that viewpoint and really start to see coaching as truly developmental versus response to poor performance or re- right. response to poor leadership? Sort of the last step, right, before a PIP, if you will, or a performance exactly. improvement plan. So, so I would say that was a mindset probably 10-ish years ago. I would say, at least in the the space that I'm in, the sort of the bigger company space, um, it's definitely migrated much deeper into the organization. And the place and space I spend a lot of time coaching right now is what that uh, what we would call player coach role, as well as emerging leader role. So somebody who is in a director development program that is part of a cohort and they're getting some skill building with their peers, but they're also getting one-on-one coaching. Um, so the platforms have made this a little bit easier to do some of that, to kind of um, execute on some of those things, the platforms, meaning like Skillsoft and those kinds of things. Um, but I'm seeing it's really a um, differentiator to invest sort of in, in, in the high potential talent, as well as the emerging leadership talent within an organization. Organizations are asking people to move really quickly. They're pushing them, their businesses are changing. And so one of the ways they're supporting people in the process is with, with coaching, sort of the way maybe an organization would also support their employee population with an EAP program for mental health issues for some of those emerging leaders and those pivotal pivotal transition moments in people's career where they're moving from an individual contributor into a player coach role where they're managing people as well as um, doing individual contributor work. Those are pretty big transitions and coaching helps them execute. So um, I'm seeing it become a way that organizations are attracting and engaging their talent, their top talent. Um, it's helping them um, managers cannot necessarily do all of this. They're not accessible enough. So when they are giving their 
talent, access to a coach, they're saying, we value this, but we also know we can't expect our managers to take this on as an, as an added workload. So, um, you know, I think what I would say is, you know, how do you do, you know, that's sort of where it was. This is where it's moving to. And I think it's the, you know, the, the kind of moral of the story is um, employees, employers are using this as a way to engage and keep their top talent. And I think it's important to recognize. So if you listen to the previous episode with Lou Blatt, we talked a bit about engagement and we talked about um, mentorship. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to look at coaching differently than just putting someone in front of a computer and having them do, you know, a computer-based leadership training. When you're working with a coach, it truly is that one-on-one connection. Yeah. I am along for this ride with you versus here's some online training and you have no opportunity to discuss it or engage in it or, you know, process it with anyone else. Or just go check that box, like go do that thing. So with the way I I often like to describe coaching in the context of what it isn't, because I think sometimes that paints a a better picture of it. So it's different from mentoring because mentoring is like, hey, you and I are going to have a long-term relationship. I'm going to open my contacts to you. I might introduce you to some people. I might take you me with you to some meetings. Um, consulting is totally different. Consulting is like, hey, you know, I'm going to give this over to you and you're going to execute it and you're going to bring it back to me done kind of mindset. So, um, you know, and then it's different than kind of counseling or, or therapy in that it, that's usually tends to focus on the ba- the history, the whys, how that's happened. Coaching is about a short-term goal with a very clear plan with support. Um, and, you know, I just think that's, it's helpful to think about that in the context of um, it's an investment in you, but you have to be super invested in the process as well. It, you can't show up and think you can just sort of like check the box and do the thing. You have to get uncomfortable being uncomfortable and really wanting to push yourself into some some new areas and really try some different stuff. And so one of the programs that you have is Lead Your Career. Can you tell us a little bit about that program? Absolutely. And so, you know, as a coach, you know, I use various tools and resources. And this is one that I that I use. Lead Your Career is a, a it's something that I'm certified to deliver. It's a great program um, uh, authored by Stuart Leadership and a uh, Stuart, yeah, Stuart Leadership. Oops. Um, and I really like it because it is a four phase process that you can repeat at any point during your career. Um, It starts with planning. You know, what do you want to do? And this is where people really break down the most of the time. They don't give enough thought to what they really want to do and the criteria they want to use to be successful. But once you figure that out, it's your business plan that you can then take and repeat and refresh and reuse and making sure that you're aligned on where you want to go, making sure you've done the gap analysis, Dana, making sure that you really understand what it takes. So that's step one, plan. What do I want to do next? Step two is market. What's my reputation? How am I showing up? This includes resumes and LinkedIn profiles, but it's also how you show up internally um, and making sure that you're, it's really kind of paying attention to what do people say about you when you're not in the room? <laughs> what that is personal truly branding your- <laughs> thing is like huge, huge in whether you're a, a entrepreneur or you work for somebody else that defining your personal brand is an unspoken need, I think, and not talked about enough. 
it's so huge in the success. So you might be like doing all the right things and learning the skills, but if you're not getting it out there in the right forums, then people don't really know. You might have your little tiny sphere that you're working within, but this is about showing up on LinkedIn as a thought leader, maybe joining an employee resource group in your organization or becoming part of a professional development organization and influencing how you're coming across, right? Yeah. yeah so step three, three Sorry, is what are the, the, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, what are the other two? The other two steps? So yeah, sure. Step three is really sort of a follow-on to that marketing concept. It's your network. How are you supported? And in this step, it's super important um, to build lasting relationships with critical people in your network, really working those over time. It's not a one-time meet and greet, but also having a career advisory board, meaning different people that you talk to about different how you're coming across, thought leadership, where things are going, who knows who. It's 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 a career advisory board. It's not just one person. It's not just one mentor. You should have people who are technically savvy, people who are organizationally savvy, um, people who know you and do know how you show up and do your best work. You should have a network of people who react to you in your plan. And then step four is prepare. And that's really, how do I get that job? So you may determine that you really want to become a salesperson, but you don't have sales skills. So you might start off you know, in some kind of administrative function, you might move into some kind of SDR role, but you want to get to become, you know, SDR meaning sales development rep, but you want to get to become an, ex- an account executive someday. And so you're working your plan. You are learning, you've done your gap analysis, you've connect, you've put your brand out there, you've set yourself up on LinkedIn and elsewhere, you're networking with the right people. And you may discover it probably going to take me a year or two before I can get the job I want. But when you're ready to get there, that prepares step is making sure you're ready for the interview, making sure that you are applying for the right jobs and that you've got people who can make introductions for you and that you're ready to move into that position with a 90-day plan, like a real onboarding plan that you're going to use to become successful. So it's a four-step process that really looks at what's your plan, what's your reputation, how are you going to network, and then how are you going to prepare to get there. And so you're also looking for people to kind of pilot it or to create a cohort, right? Yes. So great. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I am. So this is a great tool. It's a model I'm certified to use. I've got a great workbook, but what I'm hearing as I'm using it is that people would like to have a more digital resource. So I have built out a digital prototype of the book so that people can have access to the worksheets and the tools and save them and use them and build on them. And I'm looking for some people to help me test out this prototype. And so who would be the perfect person to help you test it out? So great question. Um, I am building out a prototype, which means not the full thing. And so the phase that I'm building out is the planning phase. So people who are in that phase of wanting to plan their next step and starting to think about their value proposition, their career criteria, their values, their strengths. So people that are in the planning stage are my are my target folks. Um, although I would certainly welcome the opportunity to talk to anybody, but um, yeah. And so this could be HR professionals that might be listening or maybe people within their organization that they're seeing might be struggling. You nailed it. It could be okay. definitely for people, HR people who could see the value of introducing the model to their organization because we can do that systemically or specific individuals one-on-one who could use the benefit or their own, their own personal selves. 
I love it. Um, Liz, where can people connect with you to, to help you test out this program? So my, um, you can check me out on my website, which is tracycoaching.com or on LinkedIn. And um, it's Liz Tracy, or, you know, it's about Liz Tracy is my profile. Um, I think you'll be putting this in your your details. Um, Or you can email me at Liz at tracypartnerships.com. And it's T-R-A-C-Y, not C-E-Y. Fantastic. (laughs) And of course, we'll make sure all of that information is clickable within the show notes. So it's a, she'll be an easy click away. Um, If you are, if this conversation has resonated with you and you're one of those people that we've talked about where you're feeling a little bit stuck, you're maybe vying for a new position and could use some coaching to really set you up for success in that new position, reach out to Liz, help her build out this program um, and, and get the support and coaching that you, that you need to be successful. So Liz, thank you so much for being on Quirky HR. I really appreciate it. It was an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed our conversation, Dana. <laughs>